This is Peter Lopez, and today is December 31st, 2023. This is a special New Year's Eve edition of Purpose. The purpose of this podcast is to give you a fresh perspective as you enter the new year and to help you get a strong and fast start to January 1. In today's podcast episode, we're going to be looking to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12 and verse number 1. We're going to dig into each word of this verse to make sure we squeeze all of the power God has placed into it to impact your life and mine. So let's look at the very first word, therefore. Now, the strength of therefore is that it connects what we're going to read next to everything that has just happened that honestly we didn't take the time to read and we just don't have the time right now. So I'll summarize it. In Hebrews chapter number 11, which is again the chapter before the one we're going to be focusing on, there is a list of men and women. It is commonly known as the Hall of Faith. It is the men and the women who had tremendous faith who believed God's promises, who knew that God's promises would come true, and as they embraced them in a steadfast way, God blessed them. Their circumstances may have been difficult, the times that they lived in may have been very challenging, but they were strong in their faith, and they came out victorious at the end. There are all types of people listed like Abel and Enoch and Abraham and Sarah and Joseph and Moses and Rahab. But these are all of the individuals listed in chapter number 11. So when our chapter number 12 begins with the word therefore, you want to make sure that you understand what has just happened. And now we do. We know the list and we know that it was people with great faith. So then the passage that we're reading says this. Since we are encompassed with such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, this is really interesting because here what the scripture is doing is it's almost drawing for you and I a word picture. It takes our minds all the way back to maybe like the ancient Olympic Greek games or to put it into a new fresh perspective for you and me. It takes us all the way back into a big stadium where thousands of people are gathered together to watch a competition. Maybe it's an NBA game or an NFL game or NHL or uh, some MLB or something like that. But lots of people gathered for the purpose of being spectators to a specific sports event. Now, what our passage says is we are encompassed with such a great cloud of witnesses. It's interesting because in this picture, you and I are not the fans in the stands. You and I are actually the competitors that are down on the court, down on the field. Now, who is this great cloud of witnesses? Well, the word therefore connects it to all of the people of chapter number 11, the people we've mentioned. The people whose faith was incredibly great, like Abel and Enoch and Abraham and Sarah and Joseph and Moses and Rahab. What it's telling us is it's giving us the idea that you and me in this life are at center stage. We are on the court. We are on the field, not playing a game, but living our lives. And we are surrounded by a great 
cloud of witnesses. And the witnesses that we are surrounded by is essentially all of the believers who have already gone from this life into the next. They are in heaven. They are there before us. But still, they have the ability to be able to surround us, to cheer us, to motivate us, to inspire us, to strengthen us, just like the fans of a great sports event would do. This is exciting news, guys. This really gives us the impression that we are not alone in this life, that God is with us. That's a fact that, honestly, we all know. But it also tells us that all of those who have gone to heaven before us surround us to give us encouragement and to give us strength and to give us hope to cheer us on, so to speak. So I want you to realize that as verse number one opens up, it opens up with something super encouraging. It means you're never alone. It means that there's always somebody in your corner. It means you never have to feel lonely. And it means that even when you're standing out from the crowd and are the one that is different, that you're still not alone. You have a great people in your corner who are cheering you on. All right, so what does the rest of the verse say? It starts off in a super encouraging way. It says, therefore, since we are encompassed with such great, a great cloud of witnesses, now watch this, let us lay aside every weight. All right, so now basically understanding how we are living our life and surrounded by those cheering us on, and now the support that we have, the strength we can have, it says, let us lay aside every weight. Now here it gets really interesting because essentially the great people who have gone before us, who are surrounding us and cheering us on from heaven, now can encourage us and motivate us to lay aside every weight. Now, what does that mean? Now, the emphasis there seems to be the weights, right? Like we're going to lay something aside, but what is it? It's, it's the weight. And that's what we want to understand. What is the weight? I'd love to be able to give you like a specific answer, but the answer is, the answer is really so diverse and very specific to you. I can give you a generalized idea. And I think that when I do so, the specific is going to ring true, like literally in your own heart. But a weight, the idea of a weight is basically something that you are carrying around with you that has essentially started to create a bulge inside of you or a bulge in your life. All right, I want you to think of this. Think of like, uh, I don't know, like these strongman events, like the world's strongest man events you'll see on TV. Think of someone who gets underneath a, a weight and basically takes it all on their body. And as soon as they do, their body kind of just, just shifts slightly or sometimes in a significant way underneath the weight. It pushes them down and then they have to try to fight to resist it or carry it. But there's the sense of that bulging weight pushed them down. You see, the idea that you have here is that God is telling you that there are very likely things in your life that are pushing you down. They are causing you to, 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 to buckle, to, to bulge. They're causing you to be overwhelmed. This is the weight that you're carrying. Now you understand 
why the answer is is general but very specific to you because the way God works is very individually inside every person. So while I can give you this generalized idea of what it looks like when the Bible defines a weight, it's very likely that inside of you right now, there is something that you know exactly what we're talking about. You know the weight that you're carrying. And it could literally be anything. It could be a circumstance, a situation, something emotional, something physical. It could be something. But you know there is something that is weighing you down. So what does the passage tell us about it? It says, let us lay it aside. Now, the idea of laying it aside is a very specific act. It, it literally means that you literally get out from underneath the weight. There is a commercial right now on TV of someone who is basically doing squats. And as they're doing squats with these weights, an individual who is their spotter is holding it above them. All of a sudden, the person doing the squats disappears and the weight just falls flat to the mat. That's kind of the image that you are getting right here in this passage. It is time for you to step out from underneath the weight. That's what it means. It means you just get out from underneath it. Now, I know that this sometimes sounds very difficult and overwhelming and you're not sure how to do it. I'm just giving you what the passage says. So if anything, you can have hope that you can get out from underneath the weight. Maybe I should tell you this way. God doesn't intend for you to carry that weight around. And his actual intent is that you stop carrying it around. So that's what he's telling you here. Lay it aside. And he even says every weight. It has the idea again of all of the individual things that you know are weighing you down, are very heavy on you, are really causing you to buckle underneath its strength. Each individual thing he is saying lay it aside, step out from underneath it. That makes it sound, guys, like if you have a weight that you're carrying around right now, you have to be able to acknowledge what the weight is. You have to be able to make a conscientious decision, and it may be one that you have to make not just day by day, but moment by moment to step out from underneath that, now saying, that is not my weight to carry. That's basically the decision that you're making every individual thing but you can do it because remember this this whole metaphor is the idea of you're doing this through your life and there's a great amount of people around you cheering you on people who have already gone to heaven before you if if you don't understand how powerful that is, guys, it is. Just read some of the Old Testament passages. Read Hebrews 11 and look at some of these people and what they experienced. And if they experienced that, then yes, you can get through what you're carrying around. You can drop that. Yes, you can do it. I firmly believe that no matter what you're going through, there are people in the scriptures who have gone through that, who were victorious through it who successfully overcame it, and who are now a part of your cloud of witnesses cheering you on saying, do it, you can do it. And they say it because they did it themselves. All right, so let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. All right, so these two are connected. So you're not only 
laying aside, getting out from underneath the weight, the word and really draws a connection that both of these have to take place. So not only are you stepping out from underneath the weight, and you are also you are also laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. Right, the idea of being entangled is super interesting. It's basically the idea of being surrounded, encircled, that it is all around you. So, the question is, when something is allowed, especially something negative and devastating, is allowed to be close to you, what happens over a period of time is that that negative thing that is allowed to stay so close to you ultimately begins to become a part of you. It, it entangles itself with you. Okay, think of it this way, in, a, in, a, in an illustration. We now understand the super negative impacts of secondhand smoke. Someone who lives in a small apartment with someone who is a smoker, even though one person is a smoker and one is not, the person who is not is living in the midst of all of that smoke. They are, they are surrounded by it. They are living with it all around them. And over a period of time, that secondhand smoke will work its way into their lungs. It will start to entangle itself with the fiber of their physical nature and ultimately can lead to their own sicknesses, diseases, and deaths. This is what we're talking about here. This is the illustration. It's the idea of allowing yourself to be surrounded by what the scripture calls sins violations against God, against God's desire, against God's way, against God's purposes, that when you allow sins to be that close to you, to surround you, and you allow them to maintain their close proximity to you, they will sicken you, defeat you, and ultimately, guys, I mean, even kill you. That's that's the ultimate end goal of sin. It brings forth death. So again, this is another area where it's general, but very specific to you. Are there sins? Are there temptations? Are there elements, things in your life that you know are wrong, that violate God's character, God's nature, that violate biblical truth, but yet you are still giving them a place to exist within the circle of your presence. If they are, then what this passage is telling you is it is telling you to lay it aside as well, to push them out, to eliminate them from your presence. If it's a secondhand smoker situation. We would say to an individual, either tell that person to stop smoking or move out. Find another place to live, but get away. That's what this passage is saying here. You have to make sure you get away, remove these sins from the, their close proximity to you whatever they might be. And sins could be actions. 
sins could be spirit type things that you're dealing with in your heart, like unforgiveness or, or pride or um, envy, jealousy, these types of things. But if you know there are these things that you are letting you know they're there, then it is time for you to individually, one by one, set them aside. All right? So the passage tells us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. So we have two actions now. And then it says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now that you have gotten out from underneath the weight of whatever it is you're carrying, and now that you have eliminated the presence of the sins of your life that you have allowed to exist there, you're going to find a crazy, amazing sense of freedom. And what the passage is saying is this freedom is going to make you feel as light as a feather. You're like, I can finally live and I can finally be free. And that is why the passage now says what you can do is you could run with, and it says, it makes it very clear. It says that you can run with endurance the race that is set before us. You could start running again. You can start living. You can start thriving. That's what it says. Now, it does say with endurance, that means there's always going to be an element of challenge, that not every day is going to be perfect, and that you're not always going to be, in fact, no day is going to be perfect, guys, but not every day is going to be great, and there's going to be times where you might fall, and you're going to have to get back up. So that idea of endurance gives you a sense that it's not like everything's going to be perfect, but you can run now. You can actually live and you can accomplish all of the incredible things that God has planned for you. So as you enter into 2024, I think this is a great way to do it. I think it is time for you to get out from under the weight of the things that you're carrying. Yes, you can do it. The cloud of witnesses that surround you did it and you can too. So stop saying you can't. And it's time for you to eliminate the comfortable sins that are all around you or even inside of you. It's time to look them, acknowledge them, and say, this will no longer be a sin that I'm going to let exist in me. I am going to overcome this. I'm going to attack this. I'm going to seek God's forgiveness. I'm getting victory from this sin. It's time to start that too. And then when you get that sense of freedom, which you will have, now you can follow and live with a patient endurance what God has set before you. Being ready for the challenges, it's not going to be smooth. Being ready for the challenges, but still now following the plan God has for you. The next verse is so cool. I'm not going to go into it, but it says, let us look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now is set hand, setting at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus did everything that you are now being instructed to do. And so you could look to Jesus and say, yes, I can do it. He did it and he's with me. Guys, you take these actions and I'm telling you, it's going to be a completely different year for you. 
happy new year and here is to a victory in 2024.